Yeah, Steve, if you want to start it off, I'll throw some context if you want to just, uh, if you want to do that, whatever. I thought you were going to kick us off, Cooch. Let's uh, have a, a, a bre- break from the norm. Mm-hmm. It's okay. episode 180, in case anyone actually cares. <laughs> and that's the start of a G.I. Joburg podcast in which we do not have anybody from the African mainland. We have Stephen in Australia. Stephen, how goes it? It's down. It's under. It's down under. <laughs> well, how's your uh, idyllic paradise prison it's idyllic, it's paradise, it's prison. Oh, Cooge, what are you doing to me, man? My agenda is best left off the agenda, particularly when we have an exciting guest waiting in the wings, man. Jeez. Touche. And that guest would be none other than the notorious Dragon Fortress. You might know him as Pumpkin Fortress on your timeline, but of course we're talking to Dustin. Dustin, how are you, brother? I'm great, Cujo. Thanks for having me. Big fan, have been for a long time. Uh, I'm excited to be here on a really low-key Sunday, Saturday afternoon where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Sunday morning where I'm at. Hey, it's my day off. There's no place I'd rather be than chatting to you fellas. And what's on the slate for this fine podcast? Well, the world is definitely full of uh, olive drabs and topes right now, so I figured let's lighten the mood and bring in some neon. I know all those people out there are loving that. But uh, a break from the 6-inch and the retro. Let's talk uh, just some bright colors from the 90s. And uh, no better name in the business than you-know-who. Pumpkin Fortress. And if anyone is left in the dark about Pumpkin Fortress's credentials, Dustin, my man, won't you give us a quick uh, update on where people can find your fantastic work? Sure. So the main place is thedragonfortress.com, all one word, no dashes or whatever. Um, That's basically toy reviews and features. A lot of collaborators from the Joe community, including you, Steve. You jumped in a couple years ago on a post about the core, uh, which is probably the most popular thing I've ever done, strangely. The core? What heresy is this? That was my most popular thing, so thanks to contributing to that. (laughs) My other most popular thing, strangely, is a post about uh, 20-something Russian fun school Joes I bought from Russia. So (laughs) that was the other one. Um, There are links to my social media on the site. Dude, that psych out is fantastic. Oh, so cool. I think you you are chiefly responsible for discovering unseen gems. And I feel like a blog sometimes slips under the radar on, you know, platforms that are primarily more in your face or mediums that are more in your face like podcasts or YouTube channels. So anyone wanting really, really fantastic reads... Check out thedragonfortress.com. I assure you, it will not be time wasted. And not only are the words top-notch, but your photography is beautiful. Your concept of color swatches and placing figures in very tasteful environments, like, it's inspiring to me. It's a sort of artistically, visually intriguing presentation that just, yeah, man, it is a well-run page, let me tell you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate those kind words. That means a lot. Um, you know, there there are lots of guys out there who inspired me to do this because I grew up reading just the blogs. Um, and a lot of these people are still around, like Mike T from Forgotten Figures. Mm. He was a champion of neon before anyone ever. And his so. photos have always been great. And his writing's always been great. 
and you know, a couple of years ago when I started this, I kind of got to that point in my life where I finally thought I could really contribute to it. And I don't post as often as I used to. My main medium really is just photos I take for fun. And those are on Twitter and Instagram and all that. If you just look up the Dragon Fortress, you'll find me. Nice. And here on G.I. Joburg, you know we like to do an identikit on our guests. So, Dustin, if you please, okay. if you've got any idea uh, what's coming next, um, your favorite vehicle and figure from the factions. Okay, so one Cobra, one Joe. That's right. That's how we do it. Okay, one Cobra, one Joe. Force you to pick your favorites, your darlings. Okay, so... This is kind of a dark horse one for Joe, but just every time I think of my favorite figure, and this is a figure I've only had for a few years, but um, from sometime in the 2000s, the relaunch of the O-Ring figures, Tiger Force Jinx is my favorite. Oh, Battle Cat Jinx? Yep. yep. Amazing. Wow, dude. You just never see a ninja in that shade of green, and the green and yellow go together so well, and Jinx is just the coolest figure anyway. So... Yeah, favorite right there. Did you find that at retail at the time, or did you have to track it down after the fact? No. It was at retail at the time, and I remember seeing it, but at the time, I was pretty young, maybe just out of high school, making minimum wage, so I couldn't justify the very reasonable price at the time of $15, $20 for the whole set, when I already had a couple of those figures. Like, I had Talking Battle Commander Stalker, I had a Dial Tone. So I couldn't justify that money for repeats, right? So, and uh, that's since gone way out the fucking window. But, uh, yeah, I I probably tracked her down like two or three years ago, finally, after looking for forever. Because, strangely, no one really liked that stuff at the time. I remember on the forums, message boards, whatever. But now it's coveted. Hmm. It was around about the same time I made my first visit to the United States, and I do recall Toys R Us being glutted with those kind of re-release, repaint figures, those six packs. I picked up the old Viper Pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, little did oh, I yeah. know they had that crotch issue of like using the Battle Android Troopers oh. crotch with the Viper thighs. God, Bad move, man. It's the worst. <laughs> I actually got that one at the time. Okay. That was actually shortly after I moved to my current town of Boise. Ah, so your minimum wage spread that far, huh? Well, it was six Vipers. Come Ooh. on. Yeah, How no, could right. you not? So I've had that one since the Instant time. Instant army build starter kit. Right. Yeah, the only Viper I had at that time before I got that was the 97 Viper. So it was nice. But just finally, like a year or so ago when I was taking a photo, I had one of their crotches blow out finally. And I didn't even really do anything, so... It doesn't take anything to do. I mean, the only way you don't discover that is if you really just don't ever pose your figures. Like, mm-hmm. if you stand them stiff-legged, you're fine. The second you raise that leg, though, ho, 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 it's got like a spring-loaded oh, yeah. crotch-firing action. They should advertise that uh, on the box. Oh, yeah. It's like an old <laughs> Japanese mecha toy that like fires the fist spring-loaded, but it's the crotch. Yeah, man. Reminds me then of Fascinating. Uh, that transforming Punishers action figure that caused that controversy. <laughs> with the uh, oh, I bought that one when it came out. You're you. kidding! <laughs> oh, my God. Nope. I found it in Toys R Us 
in high school and I just had to buy it because I thought it was the funniest thing ever. But there was also this guy who's an old school Transformers blogger who's still around, Dave Van Domlin, who he'd like his site's all text. There are no photos still to this day, unless he links it in the text file. His reviews are straight up .txt files. Wow. And at the time, he made a custom Megatron out of that Punisher, which nice. I thought was super cool. So that was the other reason I thought, <laughs> other than it being funny. We've stumbled upon our first great tragedy, and that's having an exploding crotch conversation without Paul. Oh. But, Dustin, your G.I. Joe vehicle, please. Okay, so I don't have it anymore. I was very fortunate to get this as a child, and I have no idea how my mom swung it. At the time, she was a single mom going to college to try to better herself. No idea how she, she swung this. But the Crusader is my favorite vehicle, Joe vehicle of all time. Oh, well, mm. that is a pretty premium vehicle, man. Jeez, beautiful. So cool. Just everything about it. Like, I love the inside, like, cargo bay enough that I never put the Avenger in there. Mm. I I just used it for figures and kind of as a base. And, you know, payload was just so cool, too. Yeah. The cockpit area that seated three figures and had like the swing around control panels. I just had never seen anything that cool in my life. And I really still haven't. <laughs> I would love to get another one one of these days, but at least I have good, happy memories of it. Oh, man. Wow. Did that uh, affect your playing career? Did you put your main behind uh, a lot of control panels along the way? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Anyone I liked would take turns you know in one of those three stations payload was usually the pilot but i had countdown too so he shared a lot of time in there as well ponderous being a later gi joe collector and fan the uh the star brigade must have been heavy on your radar oh so much i was so excited for it when i saw it in those little catalogs that came with the figures and vehicles and uh even I realized at the time when it got to around 1993, like, I did a whole huge post about it with a bunch of guests, but, like, I didn't love the weapons trees or mm. missile launchers when I was a kid. So that was kind of disappointing to me because I built it up in my mind so much. It's like these futuristic Joes and Cobras with cool laser guns, but it was just the same, like, MP5 shotgun <laughs> missile launcher. Machete. Right. The damn machete machete is probably pretty useful anywhere you are but <laughs> oh, i don't know man yeah so i built it up in my head so much but i still really liked it and actually my favorite space related figure from when i was a kid came out in 1994 which was the three and three fourth inch uh action astronaut that came with the little space huh. pod nice okay yeah i've never had any first-hand experience with that but it looks like a very finely molded unique figure and very authentic looking, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, just perfect mm. generic astronaut that you can put into any situation in space your mind can imagine as well. Nice. Kind of like an astronaut army builder for Cobra <laughs> to take out. Oh, damn. I thought maybe he was a unique character that was somewhat of a protagonist. Like he was your avatar in this crazy, zany G.I. Joe into space world. No. That probably came a little bit too late for that because I already had figures that I'd kind of done that with. 
and those were going to be the ones. So he was a latecomer being in 1994, the last year of the line. So that didn't really happen. All of those action soldier, action marine. But Dustin, I've got to stop you there, man. Surely, surely the end of the line didn't stop you playing. Like, were you painfully aware that G.I. Joe was drying up at retail and then your interests moved elsewhere? Or did that just mean, okay, now it's been capped. Now I need to really just treasure the stuff that I have. So I definitely did still treasure the stuff that I had. But I remember when I first saw the Sergeant Savage figures in stores and nothing else that was new, that, oh, yeah, this is probably over. And coincidentally, that was the time that the Star Wars Power of the Force 2 line was coming out. Oh, yeah. And I'd never had an opportunity to have any Star Wars toys. Like, I grew up watching them on VHS and on TNT or whatever, but never had an opportunity for Star Wars toys. I was born in 84, so there weren't really any around, you know, until 95 or whenever Power of the Force 2 came around. So that was huge for me. Did you cross over in playtime? Yeah, totally. I would I wouldn't necessarily have like Star Wars versus G.I. Joe, but I would use pieces from one line to complement the other because, you know, around the same size. Mm. Like if you were doing a Star Brigade mm. thing, there's no reason you couldn't use a TIE fighter or a land speeder. I think those were the only two vehicles I ever had. Or, you know, Luke Skywalker and his friends or the Empire could totally use the G.I. Joe Starfighter, or the Cobra Invader or whatever. Uh, vehicles can cross over, but I don't know. I mean, that kind of articulation difference, it just becomes comical. Yeah, yeah but sometimes it's all about the characters. Because, for instance, Cooge, my first part of the Force 2 action figure was Boba Fett. That oh, barrel-chested yeah. bastard. Dude, <laughs> I could overlook that. I was all of about 9 or 10 years old, and just having this enigmatic character in my collection and the play patterns that that then opened me up to was the selling point i could look past the sculpts i could look past the articulation just to have something as unique as boba fett and someone who has such cool screen presence as boba fett at least in empire strikes back (laughs) but that then opened me up to the avenues that we're now seeing playing out in the mandalorian i was using boba fett and just playing out random bounty hunting expeditions. As a babysitter? No, fuck that noise. I'm <laughs> saying, okay, the way Mando is presented to you <laughs> in the early episodes as this badass bounty hunter before the appearance of the child, uh, and I suppose after the appearance of the child, if you just ignore the child's presence altogether. Uh, but, you know, just the kind of adventures that you'd go on as this intergalactic bounty hunter lawman going about tracking down high value targets and then bringing them to okay unscrupulous uh customers or clientele like that play pattern was huge and rob had leia in bosch disguise and we just kept that helmet on <laughs> pumpkin fortress you've seen mandalorian yeah yep have. okay quick fire you don't get to think about it too long your favorite fight sequence or mandalorian move from season one Okay, the whole fight with him and the other bounty hunter versus that assassin woman in the desert, that's the one that really stands out to me. And, of course, the one where they're all under fire in that building when the whole empire, the whole, like, remnants of the empire gets there. Yeah, that was strong. Steven? Okay. To countermand... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those two <laughs> entries, Dustin, I mean, they're very memorable, but for me, for the wrong reasons. 
you got a sniper battle where the Mando's wearing his Beskar armor, which shines like a bitch. Uh, that is sure. not... You cannot maneuver with that kind of, like, lack of camouflage. I mean, he's just taking fire. And I keep thinking to myself, like, Theater, yeah, brother. this armor plate uh, is, is very effective at deflecting laser blasts, but there are gaps. I mean, part of its design is all these, like, fabric gaps. Anyways, I just, mm. I find him a mm. little bit too OP. Like, I want him to be a bit more um, vulnerable. Uh, anyways, okay, that's that's my issue with the sniper battle. Uh, and then the... Got a little muddy. Did he? Yeah. I don't know, in the sand? I think you're thinking of the fight with that uh, that big rhinoceros creature. Yeah, yeah. Furry fella. That was muddy. Um, oh, yeah, and then... Got... Oh, jeez. Um, he got his ass I really need to watch... Yeah, I really need to watch it again. But the, um, the final battle, when they're surrounded, and it's kind of a war of attrition, and the stormtroopers just keep blasting that, that house to pieces... Like, the problem I had that with that was anytime mm-hmm. the guys had to come out of cover, sure, Mando's got his armor, but Carl Weathers' character, he's just like, <laughs> he's two fists in his pistols, and typical Star Wars lazy uh, gunfight choreography, like, no one can hit him when his, when his plot armor is that thick. I'm like, uh, you're going to throw away all this great... Um, credits that you have with the audience that like the gunfights are realistically staged you know you need cover you can't just run around and all of a sudden he's like he's in the doorway and all these stormtroopers are firing at him and he's not being hit i'm like Aah. all right realist no Sorry. i think that scene hits because <laughs> they say the word alderon and when they do that everything's grounded i think that the flashing red light where he's creeping up on that comedian, that was a pretty good scene. Yeah, absolutely. I really loved that whole episode and that extended kind of horror movie sequence where he's taking them all out. Yeah. I thought was very good. Props to that droid, the droid pilot. That was uh, the guy from the IT crowd. Dark Place. I love Dark Place. One of my favorite <laughs> shows of all time. Easily. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Yeah. Um, uh, Cobra figure. Did we go there? We have not gone there yet. Um, so another weird one, but uh, Astro Bi- Viper version two. Yeah, oh, man, sir. teal Viper. Yeah, I love it. I love space stuff. Love that design. Love the colors. It's really unfortunate that it didn't come with Astro Viper version one's backpack. I mean, now I can do that. You can just buy a fairly cheap Shadow Viper and steal the backpack, but yeah, that's probably my favorite Cobra figure as far as I can think of. Um, as far as like a named Cobra character, probably Interrogator is my favorite. Mm. But Astro Viper version 2 is what we got to go with. Jeez. Deep cuts. Nice. I like it. And finally. We doing a Cobra vehicle next, is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, Dustin, your favorite Cobra vehicle. Another one I don't have anymore, but really enjoyed as a kid, but uh, the Cobra Bug. Oh, bro. Just got Australia. Somebody, somebody jumped on the comments thread of our Bug review, and they were like, this is the reason G.I. Joe had to die. <laughs> and I I just, I felt sorry for the guy. I felt a swell of pity simply because he just doesn't get it, man. Yeah. That, yeah. like, you can't miss 
somewhere in the world you will find a pundit for every single figure vehicle like every toy ever created in the gi joe line brought joy to someone. every single one i totally every single, single. i yep. i stand by those words and the bug it brought joy to more than just a, a handful of people it's it is fantastic. If you can't see the merit to it, I invite you to take one under the waves and just watch it, observe it. If you if you have access to water, put on a goggle and goggle it up. Observe this thing. It's beautiful. Mask if you want the I suppose correct dive terminology. Put on a monocle. You know what? I'm surprised that I have not seen you put the GoPro inside the bug cockpit and then like put your eye real close to it underwater. That'd be like horrifying. People are like, oh, it's a monster. <laughs> well, Cooge, to hell with you, man. You know I would do it if my bug was within uh, within at least a single time zone. But it's actually nine time zones away. <laughs> So the, the the bug, Dustin, I'm right with you, bro. Well, let's keep the good times rolling, we shall we? We are here to talk, and the bug is a fantastic segue because Dustin is the man to talk about neon GI Joes, something that is much maligned, but something that is very near and dear to my heart, and certainly is. So, Cooge, put a finer point on this topic, if you please. This is 180, so we are gonna flip it, and we're gonna give some love to the neon. We have. As Steven says, the foremost authority on bright colors here with us. So, Dragon Fortress, uh, you can go numerically, but uh, go ahead and throw us your personal top five neon picks, and Steven and I will react accordingly. So, I did two different lists, because you told me this was up to my interpretation. Basically, I did a list for realistic, like how these could work in the real world, or within the crazy real world of G.I. Joe, at least. And then... Just a list of these are extremely cool. So whichever way you want to take it. Let's go cool. Okay. I have less prepared on this one because I don't have to justify shit. Are we talking about the classic G.I. Joe run? Or are you extending beyond into the realm of the fun school? Good I, question, Steven. So I only kept it 82 to 94. Just regular G.I. Joe line. No fun school. No... No Argentina, no Brazil, even though I love all of that stuff deeply. I, I just kept it simple. I kept it 82 to 94. Cool. Please take it away with your top five coolest neon action figures. All right. So I'm actually going to go the other list because I have a little bit more to say, and I think it'll be a more interesting conversation. Do it. Okay. So number five is going to be... Uh, came out in 1993, Deep Six, I believe, version four, the mail-away version. Mm -hmm. um, all neon. I think that figure in general is brilliant. The 89 Deep Six, one of my all-time favorites. I love everything about it. And in these colors, it looks super cool. But think about this dude as deep as you can go in the ocean, tethered to a buoy or tethered to a boat. That sort of neon color could be luminescence within the suit. For whatever reason, he needs to see better, or it could be some sophisticated suit so the people topside can keep track of him better, because really, he's at their mercy, right? He's connected. He's tethered. Steven? Well, what I'm going to add to that is uh, Deep Six 
version two had some bright colors anyway. He did. And if you think about his function, I mean, he is combat ready, sure. But the reason you have these guys in like their heavy dry suits is for underwater construction and maintenance. Military divers wear very bright colors for that exact reason. Yep, absolutely. Because they're working down there and, and high visibility is a must. So this figure actually, for all his brightness, is pretty grounded in reality. It's a bloody striking look. Man, mm-hmm. man It gorgeous. just looks so cool and just a really fun figure to play around with. The only unfortunate thing about the figure is you have to grab the air tank backpack with the cool knife from Deep Six version 2, or else he doesn't really look complete, I don't think. But mail-away figures weren't known mm. for their great accessories, you know. We're lucky they well, gave if, him a helmet. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why? Were there examples of guys where they dropped the damn helmet? Well, yeah. I guess uh, Fast Draw, they dropped his visor for the rapid deployment pack. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, it's not a, a mail-away, but Sonic Fighters Dodger doesn't have the mic. It's ridiculous. That, that pisses oh, yeah. me off. It's like... Don't you derail us, Steven. Don't you do it. Sorry. That's my function. (laughs) I got something to add about everything. Number four. I would just like to add to Deep Six. That was the first thing that came to mind. That's all. That's all. And it's my favorite uh, theater of war because it's creepy as hell. Number four. Okay, number four. No one can hear you scream, right? Number four is going to be the Ego Warriors. We can go both Joe and Cobra on this. Especially for the Joe side, Mm. these guys really want to be seen by their teammates. Like, oh, I see Ozone and Clean Sweep over there. I am not going over there, you know? And they're not, (laughs) as you kind of mentioned, with Deep Six, no one on the team except for Flint is really a combat guy. These are more support people. These are scientists who are working with G.I. Joe. Ozone looks like a tough dude, and I think he is a tough dude, but the original Ozone doesn't really even come with a weapon. So, yeah, you want to know where these guys are and you want to stay away from them. Same with, like, a Sludge Viper. That's, like, a Toxo Viper is a support troop. The Sludge Viper is the combat troop that is spraying you with the most foul chemicals imaginable. If you're a Viper or a Cobra Trooper, you are not going to be want to be anywhere near him. You take bats any day, you know? Hmm. Because yeah. they're only shooting bullets. And then you hose them down afterwards. Am yeah. I right in saying that someone in our ranks has a clean sweep tattoo? Or an eco fighters tattoo? Who would that be? Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, that'd be JD Onesie. JD. Gotcha, okay. brother. Awesome. And he also has V2 Deep Six. He's got this cool, I think it's like a six pack of G.I. Joes in these little, like, sort of boxes. Oh, man. Is it Ozone or is it Clean Sweep? I'm going to roll and say Ozone, but he definitely has Deep Six V2. Safe. Sick. But, Dustin, that's, that, was, that was a bit of a cheeky one because to make the entire Eco Warriors and Cobra sort of toxic squad uh, your number four entry, that's a big swath of figures. If I was to nail you down and say, you got to choose one, who are you putting in your pocket patrol pack? Flint. Easily. That was my favorite figure as a kid. 
like bar none even with the missing paint app even with the like, missing would you ever want to fill in that visor yeah so i i vaguely remember looking at the card art i did look at the card art and the file cards when i was a kid and i remember vividly looking at that one like you could see through the mesh on his mask in the file card right on the art and yeah. i actually thought it looked cooler without being able to see through it it looked like a more complete mask so i actually that was one of the times where I was like, what I got is actually better than what's on the card art because <laughs> it looks like a more complete mask. Look, I'm less concerned with the mesh because you wouldn't be able to replicate mesh anyway. Like, what would they do? Fill it in, in, fill it in with silver paint? That would just be garish. I'm talking about the optics, sure. man. Like, the, the lens. So, I would have loved that, absolutely. I've got a, port, like a, I've got a catalog shot where the, the glass is painted blue. So, clearly it was intended. Yeah. And they just lost that paint app somewhere along the production line. And, and that's not really rare in G.I. Joe for things like that to happen. It's not something I necessarily considered as a kid. I would always compare with the card art, um, as I think most kids did, because we were invested in these characters and the art, and we wanted to learn about them. But uh, I, I honestly can tell you I never thought of filling in those goggles or anything like that. He spent most of his time without his helmet, and just being the kind of heroic nice. character that Flint is anyway. You know, he was just wearing... I'm the actually on the lookout for a Flint... I'm, I'm on the lookout for my uh, very first Flint uh, eco-warriors figure, because typically I always had the other guys, and whoever I was playing with had Flint. Case in point, Rob had that Flint action figure. So if given the opportunity with my own one, I think I'm going to fill it in. I think I'm going to paint it. Send me your address after this, because I have an extra one. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't me uh, uh, fishing, Dustin. You don't have to send me donations. No, that, that's me telling you I have an extra one just sitting around, so let me give it to you. Shut up. <laughs> that's the quality of character with G.I. <laughs> Joe, bitch. Wahoo! Flint eco-warriors, damn! My dream comes true. And, and <laughs> since we mentioned Flint, we also have to mention Dave Cabal. What's up, brother? Hope everything's good. Dave. Next. All right. We're on number hey, three. Dave. Correct? Yeah, man. He's a fan of yours too, isn't he, Dustin? Oh, I love Dave. Great, great guy. Super fun to talk to. Relentlessly positive. I don't, I don't have Cabal. enough good things to say about Dave. Mm. Yeah, very fond of Dave Cabal. Great guy. And if you're down with the podcast scene and you want to know who the heck we're talking about, Retro Cabal. You'll find it on most of your podcatchers. Check him out. He's just got a great, almost kind of blog-style one-man show talking about all things Joe, all things retro, all things 90s, and all things neon. All things robots this month. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number three, we're going to do another large swath here, Star Brigade. So much much like divers, (laughs) United States astronauts tend to wear orange. That is a spacesuit color like think about that star brigade roadblock which i don't even know what version off the top of my head it is but the orange one from 1994 that was originally the mm, 91 orange General and black it's tasty man it looks so good but it also looks even though it's the hawk mold right it looks like a real ass astronaut you know when i first saw that cropping up i did not realize it was a reuse yeah I was like, this is a new figure. Where the hell did this come from? I, I hadn't put it together that it was 
Hulk from a few years back. I was good at noticing repaints and remolds when I was a kid, but I actually never noticed that one, even though the 91 General Hawk was another one of my just all-time favorite figures. And then I got the red, white, and blue roadblock. I didn't really notice at first that it was the same yeah. toy, but with roadblock's head. It's a damn good roadblock head sculpt, so too. Good. Is that the same head sculpt from the, the, the Battle Corps version? Yeah, I think it is. Or is it slightly different? I believe different? it is the same head sculpt. But when you've got something that good, why fix what isn't broken, you know? Oh, it's the ultimate uh, roadblock oh, yeah. head sculpt. Yeah. kind of makes me remiss that uh, we can't... I, I don't know if it comfortably head swaps to his 1986 body, and it definitely doesn't head swap to his, his it's, 84. It's probably not going to fit on the 86, I don't think. It's it's pretty tough to do. Oh really? Any of those post ninety two? Ah well, not always, but just gonna have to leave it in the the sweet spot that is the nineteen nineties GI Joe yep. collection. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, Some so quick love for the uh, neon green trouble bubble windshield. Oh Are yeah, the Invader looks extremely cool. I love mm. the color scheme, but I hate that toy. It's just so poorly made i'm sure the pogo is not like this i've never owned the pogo but the invader the one i had as a kid and the one i have now no thought was put into parts tolerance or anything else they are just flimsy and not good oh my god well let's not linger then dustin has spoken yeah that's a big old caveat i mean there's been one going cheap on ebay australia and I'm like, mm, 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 do I really want this? Nah, I really want the Pogo. But uh, is this a decent enough substitute? Turns out it's not. Thank you for that. <laughs> Number two. I, I think. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I also wanted to say one more thing about Star Brigade. Like, how much does camouflage really matter in space? Like, look at any of your Star Wars vehicles. Sure, maybe there's some darker colored TIE fighters, but I don't know how much it matters. Unless we're getting into some sort of coding on the ship that prevents sensors from seeing it or whatever. And I also kind of wanted to bring this to, like, ExoSquad, another one of my favorite toy lines. Like, all the toys had very beautiful, bright colors, but on the packaging it always say, like, the toy would be, like, neon green and gray with red missiles. It would say, like, Venusian camo to fit in on Venus. Like, bullshit. <laughs> that is not what <laughs> Venus looks like. This is a great toy, but you don't need to make excuses for having a cool-looking toy. <laughs> and Rational Steve's got to step in and say that I think being high visibility in space will probably save your life a lot more times than being low visibility. Like, camouflage is only going to happen in direct combat, but for the most time, space itself is your biggest enemy. Yeah. So being able to be seen by your buddies, that's going to save your ass. Anyways, number two. This is going to be the controversial one. So I'm expecting a little bit of guff from both of you. But number two, Ice Cream Soldier. Just look at him. Like, put him side by side. Oh. With, put him side by side with Blowtorch. And see who looks brighter. It's about the same. They're both brightly colored <laughs> flamethrower specialists. I think it works beautifully. Except in the case of Ice Cream Soldier, they've, they've thrown out their typical color swatches and just like put a box of highlighter oh, pens and it's so in good. front of them it's so good you know what the earth has never been hotter than it is right now at times what's your favorite ice cream steven just real quick uh 
maybe I'm a slave to uh, popular trends, but I think that old salted caramel oh really God. really buzzes my berry. At least you didn't say pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> but McDonald's locally now do chocolates sort of soft serve in addition to the vanilla. So the kind of the I don't know what they cost in state like stateside, but they're seventy cents here. Uh, the seventy cents cones you can get them in chocolate. That's a winner. Kim and I have had Our that a couple of times. Double pleasures. Um, I'm gonna go cookies and cream. Okay. Yeah. It's not bad. I'll say about- mint chip, mint chip. I don't mind the ice cream soldier, especially during this heat wave. And I can drop that hashtag now. <laughs> Ching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dustin. How? Okay. Well, firstly, you've placed him higher than Eco Warriors and Star Brigade in their entirety. So you must really love this. Figure. Oh, I do. How did you react to? To HCC 788's review really, really laying into this video. Oh my god, I actually think that was the first video of his that I watched. I'm not sure if Joburg... <laughs> of course. I'm not sure if Joburg introduced me to HCC, or it was somewhere in that timeline. Just as I was getting into Joburg, I was getting into HCC. And of course that was the first one I watched. And of course I don't agree with him, but it's so well done and so funny I just couldn't help but laugh and be entertained the whole time. People don't have to agree with me as long as you're respectful, and especially if you're being funny. I don't care if you agree with me or not. Right on, man. No, I I, I can see the love. It's a very cool sculpt. The colors are obviously going to detract a lot mm-hmm. of people. But what's your in with Ice Cream Soldier particularly? I mean, he's got an unremovable helmet that already puts a lot of distance between us and and you can't see his eyes on the card art as well i know you mentioned barbecue that's probably the best analog you've got going when it comes to like a faceless joe for sure but how does he integrate show me show me your ice cream soldier love so i've always been a huge fan of characters with full masks full helmets just because really They can be anyone who you want them to be, which is cool. But we were talking about Star Wars Power of the Force earlier, and I used that Luke Skywalker in, like, the Imperial Guard outfit for everything. Like, I loved that figure. (laughs) Yeah, for everything, for Star Wars or for crossover, whatever we want to talk about. Kind of what you were saying as well with, like, Boba Fett. That was, like, my bounty hunter guy, you know? Because there's no basis for that figure in the films there was a comic book at the time but you didn't even see it in uh the shadows of the empire video game you didn't even see it in there so did ice cream soldier become a kind of an elseworlds type figure did he work in a setting where it wasn't strict gi joe versus he was one of the ones that could work very very well for that um just kind of like the star brigade targat could do that pretty well also but yeah, I just really like this fully armored, fully masked, like, flamethrower commando that came with just the best weapons tree up to that point. I just fell in love with that figure right. instantly. And I, I like bright colors anyway. Obviously, that's why you're having me on. But yeah, I just fell in love with that figure the second that I saw him. I thought the name was ridiculous when I first <laughs> either bought the figure or saw it on the card back of another figure or whatever, but I got over it pretty quickly and come to find out that's like a Sergeant rock reference, right? That's why they put that in there. 
Oh yeah, true, true. But true. I didn't know that yeah. as a kid. There's no way. I mean, it's either a joke that landed or a joke that fell flat. But uh, either way, the intention is that it's ridiculous. Right. They were just having fun, and I appreciate that. Yeah, man. And of course, a lot of care was put into that sculpt. And if you don't like bright colored figures, you can get either version of the Shock Viper, which came in the relaunch, the Real American Hero Collection days. To just see how cool it really is, even when it's not brightly colored. There you go. And shout out to Chief from Talking Joe. I know he listens to this show. Ice Cream Soldier, for all his garishness, has a sculpt so good, he even has a complete watch strap. Goes all the way around. What time is it? (laughs) Oh, uh, it's yellow. Yellow time. Perfect. All day. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yellow knee highs how do you feel about knee high boots or thigh high boots on a character let's say the hiss driver because this guy's got a similar type get up you know when i was a kid that was nothing i would have ever thought about like of course i would have noticed but i wouldn't have made a value judgment based on boot length back then i don't think <laughs> um, I dare you. now i think it's visually interesting a lot of the time like the hiss driver is a very visually interesting like somewhat grounded in reality, but very odd design. And I think that really helps with the oddness. I'm sure they were trying to go for something like these are similar to uh, chaps or, you know, something that like a horse mounted soldier would wear. That's what they were visually going for maybe, but I think it's visually interesting. Uh, If we're talking practicality, I guess if you're just jammed in a cockpit, it doesn't matter how tight and weird your boots are, but <laughs> that guy's probably not going to be running away too well. Look, they're attractive sculpts, sculpts regardless of the practicality. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a level of armoredness that this guy seems to evidently have. He's even got like a thick kind of bicep pulled yeah. over his right arm. That's cool, man. I suppose it's a brace for his flame weapon. I mean, yeah, flame weapons are hot. Yeah. So adequate protection will will definitely come in handy. But uh, I think we've waxed enough about Ice Cream (laughs) Soldier. Maybe even won some folks over, I hope. Otherwise, this would just go go down in history as a much maligned figure. But there is merit. Oh, boy, is there merit. Enough merit for this to make number two on Dragon Fortress's cool list. Which makes me curious to know what could be cooler than the ice cream soldier hmm. all right so just to clarify this was going in the more i guess what makes sense like why the neon is justified because i thought that would be i'll run through my cool list just real quick after this but uh number one is battle android trooper version two hmm. from 1991 so okay. like these bats are a menace right <laughs> they're a menace to everyone around them and similar to what I said about eco-warriors, there's a little splash of neon on the back of these guys. You need to know to stay the hell away from them and also probably be able to find their parts after they've been destroyed. But these are just bullet sponges too, so you want to draw fire from G.I. Joe away from your vipers with these brightly colored bats. And think about mm. the bat version 1. It also had a splash of bright color, that yellow, which I think was really the perfect color to choose for that highlight. I don't think anything else would have looked that cool or been as iconic as that. 
So yeah. the that version two kind of gets the two highlight colors, but I think it makes total sense for what they are, and it just looks killer too. Cooge has got a step to that because I know that he's a huge fan of the version one bat. Oh, Cooge has the version two ever done anything for you? Uh, not particularly, but it's the, it's all in the face. Um, I can, like, I can be intimidated by flat faces, but, uh, that ain't one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, it did not work, but I am listening to those words and I will mull them over. What about you, Steven? Well, this was my childhood bat, so I come at it from the same angle as Dustin. Having had brushings with the classic bat now, it's, uh, it's difficult to, 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 to beat. But I am grateful that the bat did see an update because it is a necessary component to the Cobra arsenal. Like once they start rolling out Android cannon fodder, it's part of their battle plan. You've got to have them. So for anyone coming into Joe as late as as we did, I'm glad that the V2 exists. Is it a superior figure to the V1? Probably not in a lot of kind of nuance and design elements. But I will say this much about V2. It's a lot more robust, my friends. <laughs> you want to play with the action figures? Leave that V1 on the shelf. You play V2. Yeah, so the version 1, I have a hard time arguing with either of you. I got my first version 1 bat maybe a little over a year ago. Because it's expensive, and it's not super easy to find one with all the parts. And it is just incredible in every way. And I actually might like it more than the version 2 as well. I don't really want to admit that, though, so just edit this out. But <laughs> oh, uh, Sorry, pal. I got Final Cut. You don't tell me what to do. The Bat version 1 isn't on my list because there's no neon there, right? So number one on my neon list is Bat version 2. I think this is what I'll end the bat, my Bat conversation on. I think you could make an argument that that claw has seen as much mileage as any other weapon used against your hero because that thing's been around somebody's neck nearly every playtime oh yeah Mm. but cooge it's it's a brittle plastic damn it so i'm terrified about putting that over anything check this out you probably don't have any uh brushings with overkill but he had not only a claw that was of a more pliable plastic but it had a little sort of ray gun mounted on top that was perfectly angled to zap the action figure's forehead. Overkill, you say? And if you read the file card, it overkill, and he has a mind control device. Mm. Think like a miniaturized brainwave scanner to basically turn G.I. Joe into the enemy of G.I. Joe. Like, that is overkill's modus operandi, which... That's a lot of play from me. And it's the perfect, yeah, it's the perfect claw. Look, it's not a beautiful claw like the uh, the Bat V1, but it is very useful in terms of play. I used that claw all the time when I was a kid. That claw was wrapped around nice, everyone's nice. neck, for sure. And it never <laughs> broke. Ah, uh, claw. Excellent. Are you just saying the word claw, or do you really like claw? <laughs> Kujo, you're the one who's saying the word claw. Damn it. And just so that nobody climbs into us later, I think there is a paint variation on V1 Bat. Some of the yellow accents are more on kind of the mustard scale. 
and some of them do wash a little bit closer to neon yellow. So I think you would be correct in saying that the Bat V1 has neon. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it does, but people people can argue about that all day, and they can be right. I don't care. I just I personally don't list. think it does. Give me the fun list. <laughs> okay, the fun list. <laughs> the, fun the fun list. Number five, Mega Marines. Woo! Especially hey, if you have damn. them all together with the APC, they just look super cool. And the multiple bio armor, awesome. I mean, not only were the figures brightly colored, but their armor was oh, yeah. as well. That's just a crazy yep. time, man. <laughs> okay, so number four, uh, several of the 1993 mailaway repaints, uh, Budo, Interrogator, Major Altitude, Create a Cobra, DJ, they just look very cool and very striking is this a, a list by dragon fortress or is this a list by paul lobsher i feel like you're shoehorning a lot of figures into five slots but oh i'm continue. just doing torment right and also cujo didn't give me any rules so blame who you need to but... <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's your show buddy it's your show okay number three a figure i just love in general but uh eels version two Jason Murrell from Order of Battle is really doing backflips at this point. <laughs> he army builds that figure to high heaven. Loves, loves, loves I've it. I've got several And as particularly well. a big fan of the Fun School India version. Oh yeah, they're, they're excellent. Um, usually not very well painted, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that blue, man. Number two on this list of just being cool is Heavy Duty. Very realistic figure, other than the pops of neon green, and I think those... Those really make the figure iconic to me. To me, that's one of the most iconic G.I. Joe figures from the figure and the accessories being in the opening credits of the Deke show. Just very iconic. And I don't think he would be as iconic without those couple little splashes of neon green. You've got to stay tough when it comes down to the wire. Down, down, gotta stay down to dock that line of fire. <laughs> Come on. Just gets me hyped, man. Oh, yeah. It is definitely a, a rousing anthem. Have they pulled those episodes from 2BTV? I tried looking for them the other night. I couldn't find them. Oh, I don't know. I hope not. I don't, I don't have my DVD collection here with me, so if it ain't on 2B, I don't know where to look. It's always daily motion, right? Hmm. My old friend. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so number one on this list is the 93 Mail-Away General Hawk. The best hawk in neon green and yellow, and I love it. Dun-dun! But what do you do with the backpack? Do you, do you use that? Do you try and swap it out? I just leave it off. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. I'd actually love to get another 91 Hawk backpack for him at some point and maybe just spray it black, but yeah. I, I just leave the Major Blood backpack off. I mean, did they ever do a black-molded uh, jetpack hawk jetpack? <laughs> no. I suppose it's, not. It's only the American oh, one man. and the Fun School one, and the Fun School one is the backpack, at least, is the same color, basically. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh. Damn it. That's such a great accessory, and it never saw reuse. I know. But, okay, let's have a moment for that hawk. Lime green... Black. What other color pops? Yellow. Got? I believe. Ooh, of course. Yeah. Exciting times, man. And did he just become like the de facto hawk for your collection? 
Oh, I only recently got this figure within the last couple okay. years, but uh, the actual original version of that, yeah, that was that figure was everything to me when I was a little guy. I remember him being treated with quite a lot of uh, care. It wasn't a figure that I owned. My friend had that figure, and my playtime with it was very limited. He was like, mm, this figure is kind of special, uh, so don't, don't mess with him too much. Like, he's my guy. And so obviously. that gave it a veneer of, like, premium, premium toy. And that has kind of stayed with me for a while. Like, well, for the rest of my life, really. Only aided by the fact that he's, like, playable in the final stage of the G.I. Joe Nintendo uh, game. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's a special occasion when you get to play with Jetpack Hawk. <laughs> Getting goose flesh just thinking about it. And you've got his, uh, his lime flavor. Incredible. Lemon and lime. Yep. Perfect Lemon, combo. lime, and licorice. Oh, that's what he is. Don't ruin it with the licorice. Just don't. <laughs> Bro, you have no idea what you're talking about. You gotta try that Symphony of Flavor. <laughs> a shot of lime, a shot of lemon, and a stick of licorice. Like maybe maybe we're onto something. Bam. Okay, you try it first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh uh yeah, I'll do it live on the next <laughs> podcast. How about that? I'll be waiting. No, you'll be in it. Uh, we'll reconvene. And you'll be next. Gentlemen, I'm getting the beady eye from my wife because it is Sunday morning and she's dying to eat some French toast with me. All right. This has been a very, very, very vibrant episode. I'm sure the listeners will agree. (laughs) As a parting shot, anything you guys would like to add? Cooge, how about you, my brother? If this is the definitive neon, Stephen, give me one, your neon pick. What didn't you hear that you needed to hear? Well, we had Ice Cream Soldier in at number two. Uh, That's kind of satisfied... Mine and Bart Simon's need to have this figure entered. Um, You know what? I had one. Oh, yes. It almost slipped my mind. But I must say, when Mindbender got the yellow and purple color scheme, firstly, those are two colors that I've always enjoyed. I've always enjoyed those two colors together. And for Mindbender, it makes perfect sense. I love the parts reuse. He's got, like, Viper pants and Viper boots. But he's like, Mm-mm, we're purpling them up. <laughs> I used to have like a, a hot a Hot Wheels. I think it was either Hot Wheels or Matchbox, but it was a car that like uh, you could flip it, so you could ride on both sides. Like the 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 roof would kind of cave in and pop out the other side. So and the the tires were these big balloon tires that basically had contact both top and bottom of the vehicle. But the one side was like bright yellow with a purple roof, and I was like, oh, these colors look good together. So when I saw that Mindbender was rocking that as well, uh, it just blew my mind. And he's almost the perfect 90s figure because the sculpt is is top marks, but obviously the paint apps are sparse. You know, he's two massive swatches of, of bright colors and no additional paints to kind of pick out the details. Like, you had a bit of black, but like, they didn't go crazy with adding in little, you know, little little paint pops here and there to pick out the technical details because there's a lot of technical details. You're over your mind bender budget. Oh, jeez. But it works is what I want to say. If they'd gone in with like a silver or a red or something and like picked out the optics and picked out the, 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 the little like wrist comps and stuff and the pipes and stuff, it would have started to muddy things. I love these two bold colors 
and the symphony of them in that figure is sublime. Who knew that Dr. Mind Mender was a Lakers fan? I think <laughs> my pick would be the uh, lime green swatch on the Night Viper. That was tasty. But to get Steven away from the stink eye, Dustin, Dragon Fortress, Pumpkin Fortress, it's been a pleasure to uh, catch you again, brother. Absolutely my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Um, really appreciate it. And the one thing I want to plug is if anyone out there listening hasn't checked out Mike T's site, just Google Forgotten Figures, you'll find a guy who's been talking about the forgotten parts of G.I. Joe literally since the year 2000, if not before. Just a huge archive of yes, the most sir. thoughtful, cool stuff you'll ever see when it comes to G.I. Joe. Good stuff. Yep. Steven, close us out. And if you want a truly fun read, thedragonfortress.com, head there, check out this man's blog. It is fantastic. Oh, thank you. Get off the YouTubes. Get off the damn Podbean. Actually read something that isn't your bloody news feed on Facebook. Heresy. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of TLC, a lot of great insight into G.I. Joe has gone into each and every one of these articles. And I assure you, you will learn something new pouring over this man's words. Well, thank you. With that, I think uh, we've been G.I. Joburg. (laughs) No, carry on, Dustin. What were you going to say, my friend? I just wanted to say thanks again. Really appreciate it. And it's been great chatting with you guys. Cheers, brother. Dude, this has been terrific. We are definitely having you back. Thank you. Thank you for brightening up my Sunday, my (laughs) man. And with that, we're out. Yo, Joe, everybody. Did I hear you right? You said you had to face some demon tanks? <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only. I know that weak spot, man. It's a damn story. Was, was the despoiler up top? That's what matters. Bro, um, I, I rest my case, man. If you park the despoiler up top and that thing goes into its, like, giraffe mode, <laughs> it's got such a high center of gravity, it's going to tip forward. Like, short, short wheelbase. High center of gravity. Bad, bad, bad design. Look, Cooch, you missed out on that um, that talk that that was given at JoeCon, didn't you? I think it was on the second Should day. Should we be recording this right now? Are we slipping into gold? I am right recording. Now. Nothing slips All by right, me. Let's do it. But uh, the demon was supposed to be a GI Joe snow tank. What? Yeah, totally. But GI Joe had enough snow vehicles, and Destro didn't have a tank, so they they. They, cha- they swapped out black, f- I mean white for black, and uh, I suppose I don't know, I don't know what the other accent was. Probably going to be a bright yellow, just like the Arctic Blast, but uh, that for the gold, and boom, the demon was born. You know, that's such an odd design for a late '80s like good guy GI Joe vehicle. Like the Arctic Blast is very strange. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but it's just, I guess, just from seeing it my whole life that's just a straight up mars design to me i can't imagine it being anything else coming from anywhere other than destro's twisted mind you know (laughs) but those treads being so wide uh like it there are like snow vehicles that have a similar structure and i mean if you're sure if you're moving across the the arctic wastes it doesn't matter that you're so damn wide I mean, the demon would be immediately shown up by having to, you know, fight in a in an urban environment or anything that's 
you know, going to force it down narrow pathways. It's going to yeah. have to do that fucking raise up maneuver, which is suicidal, <laughs> man. Anyways. 